0: Speaking of China, there is purported to be a Chinese proverb wishing for someone that they may live in interesting times. Actually the proverb is intended to be a curse. You should only live in interesting times, because uninteresting times are much better for us. Times of order, peace, stability, affluence, nothing much happening, this is much better for our bodies and our souls. and We live in interesting times. None of us has, have lived through such days. Even those who fought the wars have not seen what we will be seeing in the coming weeks and months. The lights of Broadway never dimmed for such an extended period, even during dark days. I viewed a television report from Italy where a World War II veteran complained that there was no pasta in the supermarkets. Even during war, he lamented, there was always pasta in Italy. These days will stand out for future generations. Students of the future will study these very days. They'll look back at this period, and they'll produce these Learned theses and sweeping history books about what life was like back then in the year 2020. We're destined to make history. The question is, what kind of history will we make? While the fortunate among us will have weeks, perhaps many months of inconvenience, And the unfortunate will endure real financial and emotional hardship. And some, sadly, will get sick. And among those, a percentage will die from the coronavirus. May they be mercifully few. Still, for most of us, these months need not be a curse. We are measured in life not by how we act in moments of ease, but how we act in times of adversity and struggle. In such times, we may discover strengths we never knew we had and insights previously hidden from us under comforters of convenience. Shabbat shalom to all of you who are here with us. And to the many hundreds, we think, who are streaming us from all over the world, we welcome you. You should come to us every week. Among the new phrases that have come into common usage in the past weeks, community spread, flatten the curve, abundance of caution. I want to focus on the phrase that's on your chair social distancing. (laughs) We are taking very seriously the urgent appeals for social distancing, staying as far away from others as can be reasonably expected. The only reason we have not shuttered our sanctuary on Shabbat, as some other synagogues have done is because the size of this sanctuary allows us to stay the recommended distance from one another without approaching the recommended limit of people in a room. But we are not going to shake hands, or embrace, or kiss. And if respected authorities tell us that even this is more than what we should be doing, we will follow their instructions. I must confess that social distancing is contrary to every instinct that I have, both as a father, a husband, and a friend, and professionally as a rabbi. Rabbis do their jobs by physical nearness, not social distancing. The sight of a depleted sanctuary disrupts my equilibrium. My first Shabbat at Stephen Wise, August 27, 2004, was during a severe downturn in the synagogue's fortunes. I looked out at this 900-seat sanctuary from this bima and counted 15 worshipers, two of whom were my wife and daughter. And I swore to myself that this will never happen again. The surest sign of an empty Jewish spirit is a depleted sanctuary. And ever since, every ounce of my energy and every measure of my strength was devoted to filling this place with life, vitality, energy. People, hundreds and hundreds, now we have thousands of people. For fifteen years we have focused on closeness, not distancing. But social distancing now is not only an act of self-protection mandated by Jewish law, but is also a measure of social action equally required by Judaism. We have a responsibility to avoid becoming agents of social disruption, to prevent any one of us from becoming vectors of moral or microbial viruses. Practically every Jewish obligation can be suspended when life and health are in the balance. Saving life takes precedence over the laws of Shabbat. And so, during these times, I urge you to focus on the things that really matter to us. Life, family, friends, community, meaning, purpose. We will support the health care workers to do their job. But each of us can be sole care workers – take care of each other, check in. Check in virtually, if necessary, on those who are especially vulnerable. Eventually the medical establishment will find the cure to the virus. Would that, in the interim, we could find the cure to what really ails humanity – the disease of distancing other people's pain and troubles. In the weeks to come, may we experience feelings of community, although it will be difficult for us because over time we will begin to feel this isolation, a sort of helplessness that comes with some tiny enemy that no one can see invading our country and our lives. It will remind us of how little control we actually have. Last month was the best of economic times in America. Next month could be the worst. At all times, there is only a thin veneer separating us from life and death, illness and health, prosperity and deprivation. May it be that this greater awareness encourages us towards the recognition of a deeper truth. We need each other. We are tied to one another in an inescapable network of mutuality. We can still reinforce this network even when distancing physically, because fundamentally this network rests on the basic human qualities that we may pay little attention to when our lives are standard, natural, not much happening — compassion, generosity, integrity, reliability. Remember, the truest way to defeat the plague is through common decency. The methods of Jewish communal expressions will change for a while. I am not too worried that we will not be unable to recapture that vital element of our people's communal joy and nearness one to the other. When it is safe again, we will recapture that spirit as if we have taken the next breath. We have had thousands of years of practicing together as a community, filled with disruptions more serious than this. That have only served to reinforce and strengthen our communal solidarity. And remember, these days too shall pass. While you are distanced from the synagogue, I hope you get nearer to the essence of Judaism. Observe Shabbat in ways that you may not have before. Ask us. And we will be delighted to teach you about or refresh your memory of the rituals of welcoming Shabbat at home. Perhaps your passion for Judaism might even be enhanced during this period. That you come to appreciate better the soul-saving salvation of Jewish spirituality. That we will seal in our consciousness the preciousness and the precariousness of life the importance of children parents relatives friends and community may it be that your distance from community centers centers you in god pray for strength pray for courage pray for understanding In this week's Torah portion, Ki we read of the apostasy of the golden calf. Moses had gone up the mountain to receive the law and late to return. The tradition tells us that he was late by only six hours after forty days. The people felt bereft, isolated, fearful, and alone. And they prevailed upon Moses' brother, Aaron, to build the false god. According to Jewish tradition, when Moses climbed down the mountain with the two stone tablets upon which God had carved the Ten Commandments, he had no trouble carrying the heavy slabs down the steep mountain path. They seemed light to him because they were inscribed by God. And were precious to Moses. But when Moses saw the people dancing around the golden calf, the words disappeared from the stones and flew back to God. And at that moment, those stones were just stones. And they dropped from Moses' hands and shattered into tiny pieces They had become mere slabs of rock. No sanctity was left in them. And thus they they became too heavy for Moses to bear. We can bear heavy burdens and pay a heavy price as long as we see meaning and purpose in our endeavors. Find that purpose. Do not begrudge these days. They can make you better. These times may concentrate our minds and force us to think through what we really believe. What are the bedrock principles that guide our lives? These months may deepen our understanding never to take anything for granted. Everything can change in human affairs. We get better through adversity. We do not seek, nor do we expect, a challenge-free world. We do not seek to empty challenge from our lives, but to challenge the emptiness of life. Not to escape struggle, but to struggle with escapism. Amidst the challenges of the months ahead, lay opportunities for sacrifice and service and ennobling struggle.